You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to Family Feud, part of the Paris Style Podcast family. They might not be brother and sister, but they sure do fight like they are. Here's your hosts, Keely Yor and Shotgun Spratling. Welcome to another episode of the Family Feud Podcast, or should I say the final episode of the Family Feud Podcast. I'm your host, Keely Yor, joined virtually by Shotgun Spratling and virtually by Chris Trevino. You guys are not here for the last podcast, which just makes me a little sad, but I can see you guys. So, Chris, if you do any bits, if you do any while, and I will, I'll be able to see it, so don't worry. As you just did. <laughs> Visual bit. You just did one right there. How would you describe what that was for the audio viewers? Just a violent motion of, <laughs> like, hard jerk, hard pause kind of deal. And while I am sad this is the finale, it does seem fitting that it is remote. Because the first time we all did this podcast, we were remote. True. That's true. We had the you full on. circle. Full for, circle. We brought you in for COVID because we were that desperate. We were like, we should get that Chris guy wow. on the podcast. You could have left that uh, the last part out. <laughs> left the last part out. Just kidding. Shadi, have you are bundled up right now. It seems like you're yes. having a hard transition with the the cold weather. Chris and I are both wearing blankets at this moment because oh, we're on the East Coast and it is it is cold. Um it's mother freaking cold up here in the Northeast, and I don't like it. Just for background, I've been asking Chris for the last like twenty minutes what he's wearing because it literally looks like he's like. I look like an Afghan dog. Yes, it is more. It's like a shawl. I asked <laughs> yeah. my mother if she had something warm and fuzzy I could wear, and she threw me this. So this is what I'm. <laughs> this is what I'm rocking for the final, the final, the finale. Going out in, in style. I gotta say, guys, I'm kind of in denial. Like, I know I don't, like, watch things, but when I do, it's really hard for me to watch the series finale because I'm like, it's over. If I don't watch the series finale, it's not over. So for me to be participating in a series finale is very difficult for me right now. I'm just letting you know. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on us to make this a great show. It is the finale. You know, everyone's always going to be talking about their favorite series when it ends. Did they get the the... Did they wrap it all up nicely? Did 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 they do a fan service? Did they get all the fan favorites? Did they hit them all in there? Who who dies? Who's gonna die at the end of this podcast? It could be I, any one of us. I vote shotgun, honestly. Wow, I'm already just, freezing wow. to death. Is that not enough? That's that's the point. You're gonna freeze slowly during this whole podcast. Yeah, just have this pressure to, to hit it, to hit it, hit a home run on the final one. Can't leave them disappointed. Can't can't leave them asking what if. And, and yet they probably will be. True. Now, I mentioned that Chris is virtual. Chris, you're still in the DMV. You're a PG County boy through and through. Are you on watch? Are you on Caleb Williams' watch? Is that why you're still I, there? I can't disclose my location <laughs> legally. Oh, okay. Because I don't want to tip off anyone where I am hiding out or maybe stalking out. I don't want to give away my position, you okay. know, my geographic position. But okay. I, can, I can confirm I, in, I am in the DMV. I am in PG County. Wow. Um, so that's all I can say right now. So this is that's a true, right you're being a true PG County boy right now. Not even Beach Boy, you're a PG County boy. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm str- uh, we're dropping the Beach Boy because it's not beach weather out here. We're, we're straight <laughs> PG County. We're straight to my roots. Wow. And this is also full circle, right, Keely? Since uh, Chris claimed to be stalking us um, during his first 
podcast episode, right? No. Okay. You know what, Shotgun? I'm not gonna let, gonna let you get away with this. That's, that's a great. That's a great point, Shotgun. Great, great memory on you uh, remembering that, and no one else bringing that up before this podcast even started rolling. That's just a great off the cuff uh, point by you, and I'm, I, you know, that's one of the reasons why this this show was so great. Just still trap. Still recall. trap over here. It's, 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 oh my goodness! It's so impressive. I recalled so impressive. that before we started the show. I tried to throw it to and you, Shotgun lady. Come like, on. No, I don't remember that so yeah a nice try though a for effort i try to throw it to you and let you explain but sure, no you sure. had to you had to attempt to attack me yes so modest of so course modest, it's family feud shotgun i gotta come out swinging <laughs> on this last episode everybody bring it everybody bring it <laughs> speaking of uh we're having a normal format show we're gonna have a uh, stock up stock down i think off the dome it can be anything usc related or uh podcast related so just whatever we want. It's no one wrote anything down. This is all improv. The whole show is improv. Not all of it, but some of it. Yes. Uh, we're going to have some questions. Thanks to everyone who sent in your questions. And then we're going to have a final, final take it or leave it. Chris, I'm sure the sponsors were just calling your phone nonstop. Yeah. My phone's been, my phone has died twice Wow. Uh, today, just from, just from sheer battery power, just being drained from all the calls. You know, everyone wants a piece of the last show. You know, they know this is the series finale. Everyone's going to be tuned in to see how it ends. So yeah, I had, a, I had a lot of sponsors call. Wow. I went with a local sponsor. Oh, I went with a local sponsor today. Just, just cause I'm in the DMV. So I went local. So yeah, well, we, we got it for you. Okay. Gotta be pot belly. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, we have a lot to talk about. Um, we kind of addressed this on Tunnel Vision, but we haven't addressed this on a feud pod. Transfer Palooza is what Ryan has dubbed it. Tr- so many transfers, both in and out. We expected the amount of transfers out that we saw. I think Lincoln Riley gave us a preview of that in his introductory press conference. He said he's going to turn over the roster, and we've definitely seen that, so we'll get into that. But we've also seen some transfers in, and transfers from the conference. I think it's been an interesting um just to see what Riley's staff has done and how they've evaluated who they've accepted so far through the portal. So we'll get into that. But I guess without further ado, stock up. Who you got? Who wants to go first? On you, Chris. On me? Yep. Interesting. You know, there's a lot of different routes I could go. I could, you know, I could be very USC themed. I could be like recruiting rankings or hype or season tickets. I could do all these things. But I'm going to go kind of big picture. I just want to say stock up on the legacy of this podcast you guys created. I am an outsider to this podcast, and I was brought in, and I just wanted to say you guys built an incredible podcast. Start, every podcast starts off with one listener, and this one has grown to many, many listeners and many, many jokes and many, many bits and many, many other things. And uh, you can see from the outpour, the out, out, out support that you guys got on on twitter everyone's saying they were going to miss this show so i just want to say stock up on the legacy that you two uh feuding siblings started uh with this show an audible stock up for chris trevino i wish we could maybe if i do it in post no, I'm no, gonna, i'm gonna you, you put don't, you, you don't get the ad it's one it's an it's audible one. it's an audible i get to do whatever i want i'm <laughs> <laughs> Maybe put Chris's like initial pod voice on the first Family Feud appearance, and then now where he's just like screaming and, and wilding out, because Chris, you've grown so much. You have made this podcast what it has turned into um, a true family, and I'm so glad we gave you membership only to leave you stranded. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, Chris, could you could you explain your emotions when hearing that Keeley's yeah, gonna look, look, leave? That that's my stock down. So why don't we all just chill out right now? <laughs> okay. Okay. Shadi. Uh stock up. Uh let's let's go with the USC stuff. We'll talk about the transfer portal. I mean, the transfer portal is completely uh changing this roster, absolutely overhauling it. Um so stock up on the overhaul, I guess, of the roster. You know, oftentimes it, it almost always takes more than one year because it just takes more time to be able to to you know move some pieces out, move some guys in, get some guys to graduate, to open up some space, uh, you know, get some non-contributors um, out of the program and bring in guys that you know fit your system. But USC has turned things around drastically already. Now they got some big um, they got some big additions. By not having guys like Andrew Voorhees and Brett Elon leave, those are big additions, I think, because that could have really hampered the offensive line. But they've really attacked areas of need, whether it be the running back, the wide receivers, uh, getting a couple linebackers yesterday. So I think that they've really overhauled this roster, and I think that that's definitely a stock up on the timeline. I thought it would take a little bit more time. I was very skeptical of what this team could be next year, and I thought it was going to, you know, there were going to be some growing pains. There's going to be a lot of expectations next year because of how quickly they've been able to get a lot more talent onto this roster after, you know, the the number of players we saw that were already exiting. You know, it looked like it could be kind of bare, and it would be a year where they had to just kind of, you know, develop the culture, but not really, you know, have enough talent to compete at the level that they want to compete at whereas i think next year there's going to be high expectations for them to compete to win the south and potentially the pac-12 championship and you know where where that goes from there uh could could be anywhere you know obviously they got to get a quarterback and figure out that situation um and have a little bit more depth there but i I think the overhaul of the roster has been you know just incredible to see because you just don't expect to see it so quickly yeah, that's what I was going to say. What does it say about Lincoln Riley and his staff that they were able to come in and basically hit the ground running and get the portal additions that they've gotten so far? I mean, I think we, we mentioned this before. It just just goes to sort of the the sway that a coach like Lincoln Riley has with his name, just being able to come in and to someone or make a phone call or go into someone's house and be like, hey, look. I'm trying to build something special here at USC. You know how special USC can be. You know how special it's been in the past. I'm trying to bring that back. I want you to be a part of that. I want you to be part of my first year. I want you to be part of this this quick rebuild. And we, we don't even want to call it a rebuild because we, we intend to compete for you know a national championship within the next couple of years or the Pac-12 championship next year. So that's kind of the, the sway that uh, Lincoln Riley has. And I think that's what, what's helped accelerate it um, so quickly. I mean... No offense to someone like a, maybe a Matt Campbell. If Matt Campbell had been here, I don't think it'd be as quick uh, turnaround yeah. as it's been going. You know, I don't. No offense to Matt Campbell, but I don't think he'd be pulling sort of the the transfers or the number of transfers that uh, that Lincoln and his staff has pulled so far. So it does go a long way into just being USC having poached a national top uh, top five coach like Lincoln Riley. Um, yeah. But if, no, go ahead. Yeah, the cachet of the name. Uh, alone just you know when people say Lincoln Riley and obviously he's been in the playoffs and so now you're looking at teams and they go I mean at, at players are looking at it and go hmm, maybe that's an option and maybe USC wasn't a school they would look at before or with Matt Campbell um, but you know with someone like Lincoln Riley like oh, let me at least you know hear him out and see what the, the 
what they think they have next year and see where that team could be. Because I don't think it's that unusual for guys like Mario Williams or, you know, some of these younger guys to come along um, and, and join because they say, Oh, in, in two years or three years, you know, they're going to be able to build it pretty quickly, but to get some quality grad transfers with one year remaining on, on their eligibility, I think that really says something about the, the cachet of a Lincoln Riley to get a Bobby Haskins from Virginia, a guy that can come in and potentially start. Um, and he can potentially go to several places and start uh, right away. But for his one year to choose USC over some other places when offensive linemen are just the the rarest of uh, quality offensive linemen are the rarest of commodities in the in the transfer portal. So I think to get that one and get a guy like Travis Dye, I think that says a lot about where uh, the the prospects across the nation think this team can be next year, uh, not two years down the road, not three years down the road, but next year. Yeah, in that sense, I had stock up on USC's running back room to get more specific. Um, tr- like you kind of touched on, Shotgun, Travis Dye is a guy who normally we wouldn't see come to USC. That's not someone who, uh, when you have just one year left, he's going to choose USC as a running back. And so I thought not only was that a great move just because of what he represents, both uh, as a running threat but a receiving threat as well, he you also weaken your your Pac-12 rival by taking him away from Oregon. And then you add in Austin Jones, who actually committed before Travis Dye. Um, And I thought he's kind of an underrated guy. Because when I first got news that that was who the the emoji was for, I didn't really hear his name a lot on the P. And so I just thought it was interesting because uh, I had heard, you know, prior to uh, Keontae announcing that he was kind of leaning towards staying um, because the the prospect of working with Lincoln Riley was attractive in that sense, but uh, ultimately he leaves, and then you lose a veteran guy like Vivai Malapai, who everyone has talked about how much of a great team presence he is. So you lose two veteran guys like that, and so to have Austin Jones and uh, Travis Dye come in and bolster that room, I think is huge for the running backs. Yeah, a, a guy like Keontae Ingram, you know, it comes over and obviously he makes an immediate impact, and he's going to be your starter. But that's a guy who had basically lost his position. Travis Dye could have easily stayed at Oregon, would have been the starter next year, and, and been able to finish a career there. So to take a starter away from, from uh, a Pac-12 opposition and take two of them actually away in both Dye and Jones, uh, I, I think that really boosts the USC running back room, but also hurts those Pac-12 opponents as well. And I think it also uh, says a lot that uh, Lincoln and company were able to get two high-quality running backs from Pac-12 schools. I mean, like you said, Austin Jones didn't have a a, the, uh, a great follow-up year to 2020 uh, last season, but he was still a proven running back in the Pac-12. And to get two, not just one, but two, you know, really good guys out of the Pac-12 kind of speaks what, to what they're doing. And, you know, suddenly that room goes from, you know, a really young but really talented class to just an absolutely stacked, stacked room with those two vets in there now to go with really... Brandon Campbell, and then Darwin Barlow, a guy who flashed a lot last year and a guy I'm still really high on. Yeah. I think that Die and Jones both, uh, I think it's going to be a huge boon for uh, for Relief Brown. I mean, to, to come in and both those guys, Die and Jones, can catch the ball in the backfield. Jones is a really good blocker. He's was their third down back as well to, to be in there to, to pick up blitzes and stuff. So Relief Brown, who is a guy that's going to play in the slot some, they're going to use out of the backfield. For him to be able to learn out of those two guys, I think is going to be just going to accelerate his his development as well. I know we said one stock up, but since it's a series finale, any other stock <laughs> up? I know Chris is already frustrated. We have because our first twist. We have our first twist. I know. Plot twist, Chris. You got to have a plot twist. I, I got nothing. I know Shotgun probably has something. 
I, I don't know if, if one of you guys w- would have this on stock down, but I, I got stock up on Emoji Watch. I think it's been absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I know everyone is freaking out, and I think it's awesome. I, I think just the fact that in the middle of January that we're having so much consternation and so much talk about USC football and just with a post of an emoji. Um, and, and part of that is how well they've done in the transfer portal to be able to pick up 11 guys all from Power 5 programs, bringing guys from the SEC, the Big 12, the Pac-12, you know, getting guys from the ACC as well. So you know, going around the nation and getting um, players from big-time confer- big conferences, big-time programs, Alabama and Auburn yesterday, and two guys that have been productive in, in their careers at those two places at the linebacker position. So um, I think it's been hilarious. I know, Chris, you probably have a little bit different take. I was going to uh, say, I- <laughs> Audible stock up Chris's twitter presence since the emoji started i've always had you guys on tweet alerts but now i like actively get excited to see what chris is gonna do when there's an emoji tweet because chris you are just so angry at the usc football account right now do you know what the two and the fight on actually stands for it stands for the two ulcers that i've gotten (laughs) since they've started this whole this whole whatever you want to call it campaign that's what it stands for and Yes, just a little secret. I am not actually mad at them <laughs> to, to the listeners. I'm not actually – I do not want to commit violence against whoever runs the account. I'm just playing a playing a character. It's a bit. Hey, hey, hey sure. <laughs> <laughs> the I quick... can't see. This isn't a video podcast. <laughs> a quick look away from, from Chris Domino there. Mm-hmm. But Chris, well done on the tweets. They, they've been great. Also, I think this is where you plug a, a future tattoo you might be getting. You guys love cutting into the take it or leave it oh, sorry, down the line. Sorry. You guys love this wouldn't be a family view without you guys cutting into <laughs> It's cutting not like we it's not like we have a list of what you're gonna talk yeah. about and take it or leave it. That just means we're on the same page. It just means we're on the wavelength. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Alrighty. Well before we move into stock down, you know I have to get into stock neutral. Because stock neutral is oh a thing. Gosh. The it's nation not a thing. is real. Oh, Chris it's is not Chris a thing. is participating because I put him on the spot. I forgot about that. Let's go. People, the nation, it's it's good. We're going to get really meta right here. But stock neutral is stock neutral because it's it's really bittersweet. I don't know what Chris is doing right now. He's making like stock Try neutral. He's like making stock <laughs> neutral gang signs. It's, it's the neutral. It's the oh, okay. I like it. See, you add Chris to the nation and he already makes it cooler. See, this should have happened a long time ago. No, okay. It's bittersweet because the nation knows that we're strong. We're out there. But I have to take a step back from my leadership role at, in the nation. <laughs> Applications uh, are now out. If you want to be the leader of Stock Neutral Nation, we'll take the, the applications. But, yeah, it's, it's a sad I'll, day. Uh, all 13 of us are going to be really disappointed. Excuse me. The nation is strong. <laughs> the nation is strong. The nation was going at Shotgun in our, in our podcast oh. question mentions. Okay, to Keely, I've, that I've, it's I've seen your real. email list. It's like 13 names, no, all right? there's an email list? No, no. So shout out to the nation. Thank you for being so strong all these years. Don't listen to Shotgun. We're out there. We're strong. Stock Neutral is a thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually get merchandise made of Stock Neutral Nation to profit off of this. How dare you? However, me. and you're not going to get any of the profits from it. Because you're leaving us. Well, I'll just I'll see how you organize that without me, Shotgun. We'll see how much how well that goes. Well, I got organization skills. Oh, boom, shakalaka! Alrighty, <laughs> stock down. I'll go first. <laughs> okay. Stock down on my official podcast status. <laughs> <laughs> 
because while I am funny on this show and on Twitter, <laughs> I have a degree in journalism, and I put this journalism degree to to work, and I did some actual reporting and sourcing, and I have the full scoop of this story. It was the weekend of the Washington State away game when you two went to the game together, and I know I got the black box from the rental car. I have received <laughs> that on the way back from the drive, you two knuckleheads came up with this scheme. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if we waited all the way to the end became an official podcast member and then within a month we both leave i did all the reporting that's what happened i'm sure of it who are your sources chris i never reveal my sources oh true journalism right there well done yeah what do you you have to say for yourself chris you're like two hours away from me right now so you know i may have moved away and you just followed me so i don't know what you're talking about Hmm. He's I loading. I didn't, I didn't think about that one. <laughs> Go to someone else. I got to think about this one. For a second. The best was when someone tweeted the, the Fresh Prince gif of Will Smith just standing in a, the empty room. Look, That's look, Chris. That was funny, but that also like hit some feels right there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That hit, that hit home pretty pretty strong. That almost started a third ulcer, you know? So, Chris, if, if you, you get a third ulcer, does that mean USC has to start throwing up three emojis? You know, is that and what, is it going to be just three straight up, or is it three like basketball where you, you do the circle? I think it would just have to be the three basketball, like the like the letter, the letter B, yeah, like, the letter D. Yeah, the similar to the Keeley K. <laughs> just oh, little, that's a good description. I didn't even think of it as that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Shoddy, stock down. Who you got? You, I got you, stock down. <laughs> Oh no! Wow. You, you leaving us? This I'm is stocked down. Um, no, we're excited for Keely that she finally is moving on. I've been trying to kick her out for a long time. It's true. Um, but it still hurts. It's painful. I don't like it. I'm sad. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Well, whatever. We got rid of her. <laughs> that's I'm just, sad. I'm just not used to you expressing like positive emotion. I guess it's not positive, but like. You know. Wow, that's sad. <laughs> Keely knows the the main emotions that I show are frustration in myself and then anger when people are cheering in the press box. <laughs> yeah, those are your two functions. There's like nothing really. <laughs> and then like just general frustration at me. So the fact that it wasn't those three things, <laughs> I just didn't know what to say besides that's yeah. sad. <laughs> those are the three dials on the back. Yeah, <laughs> the shotgun, shotgun robot. But I feel like... Over the last like couple years, we've like etched out. We've like forced it to like move to like somewhat happy. Oh, got really. Bit. He's gotta doing really a bit right it. now. Got to really grip it. We we wrote it in like crappy sharpie. He's like a little these bit. Dials, these dials go I'm, all the way to happy. I mean, yeah. he'd have to be. Georgia teams are doing just, very well this year, so he has to be a little bit happy, it's right? Just, it's just like. Discount happy. That's what it is. It's just discount, discount happy. <laughs> discount happy. Braves did win the World Series. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. See? Yeah. There you See? go. There you go. I had stock down on. I had two things. I'm now doing. What? 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 You guys look like you're ready to pounce it's, on it's, me. It's your. It's your. I wanted to be like symbolic. We each get one left, and and it's just like gone off the rails. <laughs> Whatever. Just just Chris, pretend. It's I don't symbolic care. in the sense that we never pay attention to the arbitrary rules we place on ourselves. 
mainly that's shotgun's rule, but you know, <laughs> we just we just right. blow past it. Let, let me jump into one of my normal bits, which is cutting you guys off to go backwards. Um, <laughs> since you mentioned yeah. Georgia, Georgia sports teams, you know, congratulations to Georgia winning the national championship, even though they did everything possible to lose it, leaving Stetson Bennett in there. The man th- made two throws the entire game. And everybody wants to give him love. He didn't do anything. The defense did everything. Uh, but I, after the game, I told these guys, we got to talk about this. And they yeah. were like, why? Shaka I was, was like, like, I got stuff to say. Yeah, you were like, I got to rant about the national championship game. We were like, okay, go ahead. Go on. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome to see Georgia win uh, and finally get over the hump against Alabama. But they, they could have won by like 45 points if they had an actual quarterback. So it's really interesting that Stetson Spice. Bennett's now coming back. I don't know what they're going to do going forward uh, there, but uh, I would like to see JT Daniels. would like to see a real quarterback in there. J- Stetson Bennett, give him credit for stepping out of the way and avoiding the rush on the one play. Then he underthrows the receiver, and the receiver makes a great catch, and everyone goes, oh, my gosh, what a throw by Stetson Bennett. I'm like, what are you guys watching? Like That was a ridiculous catch, not a great throw. Two things I want to add, one being – Big play by Akili on a big stage. Oh, let's go. Oh, yeah. Akili Nation. Throw up the case. Throw up the yeah, case. Yeah, throw up the case. Yeah, throw up the case. We're throwing them up. Let's go. KKKK. <laughs> and then second, sounds like Stenson Bennett is like the definition of stock neutral quarterback. Oh, wow. Chris, wow. No, he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't even be on the um, – what is it called when the stock goes to market? Like that – he wouldn't even be on market. I forgot how to do the end. Hold Chris no one, is trying to no make an end can't make the, the end. Yeah, no, it's great. Why did Chris? Why did it take this long for you to ditch your helium boy and and be pro Keely on this podcast? It took him this long to make an in with his fingers. Okay, shouts to Keely. Stock up for Keely's making clutch plays and clutch times. You can only you can always count you're gonna give on the man his last name. What you gonna give the man his last name? No, no one's even mentioned it was Keely. He's Ringo. like Cher. He doesn't need a last exactly. name. Exactly. The Keely community is very proud of Keely Ringo. We've had a Twitter uh, conversation about our first names. It's great. Shout out to the Keelys. Uh, how would you have lost it or made it your header background if you threw up like a K? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> without a doubt. Keely Ringo, another former USC target that USC could not close on or even get close to because this was a 2020 recruit and their recruiting class was not very good. Keely, I don't think you even got to a chance to interview Keely, did you? I don't think I did because that would have been super fun. I would have loved it. It was also just so weird because, like, I never hear my name on, like, national television. So hearing Kirby Smart being like, thanks to Keely. And I was like, what? You're welcome. Like, it was just it's very weird hearing my name. So that was a cool thing, too. So shouts to the Keelys. Um, I think I was in the middle of stock down. I'm not sure. Go for it. Honestly, I don't remember what I had just come up with for stock down. You, were try- you said you had two. <sighs> I and guess I did. None. I had stock down for leaving you guys. You guys are so fun. And I really enjoyed this podcast. I don't think I've ever laughed harder on a like work medium than with this podcast. Chris, you are a comedic genius. Shotgun, you look at history. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's just this a lot true. of this fun times. It's true. You do look at history. Um, and then stock down for not only the emoji, but for Caleb Williams, just keeping us all in suspense. I don't know anything. I don't think anyone knows what the man wants to do at this point. Maybe this will be dated in two seconds and he's about to tweet it out just to spite me. But, like, anytime I go in the shower, anytime I do anything, I'm like, this is it. This is going to summon news. Because Chris knows anytime we do something that's not part near a computer, it summons 
transfer news. Right, Chris? I went to drop someone off at the airport today, and I spent like two hours driving back and forth, and I was sure it was going to happen right there. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, we're just trying to summon it. Yeah. You know, we're just doing stuff like, let's all go to the grocery store at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Maybe we'll, it's like rain dancing at this point. <laughs> empty warehouse. You got to go to the empty warehouse, Chris. Why? That was your first. That was your first summoning. He said, you know, that we had to go to empty warehouses where there's no service at all. Oh, right. The first time on this podcast that he mentioned it. Well done, Shotgun. Wow. Excellent wow. callback. Look at that. Excellent callback. Great callback. No, Great but call. you guys tried to deny me earlier. because oh, it was true. But there was <laughs> twice, I think, Chris, where you were like, "I'm just running to the store." You're the captain of the ship right now. And I was like, I got you. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, 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 emojis. Everything's blowing up, sirens in the distance. And yeah, so I really thought Chris was going to bring it today, but he did not. Shockingly. This, the last two weeks, we loved just texting battle stations. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone at your battle stations. Battle stations. Look, everyone's blaming Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams is doing nothing wrong. You know, everyone's, you know, there's a lot of people that we got people on the message board on the P talking about, I'm tired of Caleb Williams's drama. What drama has Caleb Williams created besides entering the portal? That's a good point. And going and going and visiting a couple of schools. He isn't even publicizing the schools that he's visiting very much. I mean, that's all leaking out from other people. Other people have posted some things, you know, with him in a USC uniform or, you know, it, it, him at uh, – he did post that we went to the Rams and the Lakers games. Those weren't the universities that he went to, though. So, you know, everyone's freaking out about it like he's doing something and going and shopping at every single school or something. You got other people that are in a portal that are going and doing their regular visits. No one's talking about their them causing drama. The, the only thing is Caleb Williams is the number one player on the market. So everyone wants to know where Caleb Williams is going to go and are then uh, conflating that to be drama because he has not made a decision yet when he's taking his time going through the process and figuring out a, the right decision for him and his family. That's I fair. think that's a great point. That's a really good point. I mean, people outside are just impatient those, and mad. <laughs> outside of those like two posts from the Lakers game and Rams game, that's like the only thing that people have been like, maybe you can construe that as drama, but he was just posting at the game. Yeah, yeah, great seats. Outpost great seats at the game. Amazing seats. I say he's already got an LA hookup, a uh, ticket hookup at least. Nice. So you're absolutely right. You know, as DMV men, we're really respectful. <laughs> you know, we don't like the drama. We stay away from the drama. Chris, I thought you like nope. famously said you're messy. Aren't PG County boys or DMV boys? Hey, hey messy? cut that, cut that. Cut that. <laughs> no, we <couldn't>. Okay. Okay. So basically, I need to retract my stock down since Shotgun, you proved me wrong. Yeah, this is what normally happens. It's um, just everyone else around it. Sure. Yeah. It, stock it's down on those a, people. <laughs> everyone wants to know the answer, and hey, we would love for it to to pop off. And, you know, after we post this, at least, you know, give us give us time a little bit, Caleb, and then go uh, just for it to be done and, you know, be settled and then figure out what USC is going to do from there, whether it be with Caleb Williams or without him. Um, you know, I don't know what you guys think, but I still believe it's that it leans towards Caleb Williams ending up at USC. Just everything points in that direction, in, in my opinion, and from what I've heard from different things is, you know, it just makes too much sense for him not to come to USC now. You know, if someone hires the right person or whatever it may be, or that that maybe sways something. But as of right now, I still think USC ends up with Caleb Williams. But if he wants to practice during the spring, wants to throw to his new teammates during a regular, uh, you know, a, a scrimmage or whatever during the spring, 
He's got to make that decision pretty quickly here. You know, USC's got a couple more days of open enrollment for the last days of the spring semester, I believe it is, however it's correctly worded. But he has to be in classes soon if he's going to be at USC. So, you know, it seems like if it is USC, there will be a resolution pretty quickly. If not, then a lot of people are going to be scratching their head and wondering uh, on the P where where does USC go if, if Caleb Williams is not, uh, you know, at school in the next couple of days. Yeah, it's basically the 28th is the add drop deadline. And so basically that means that you can either add or drop a, a, a class, obviously. But that means that the window for enrollment is ending there. And we try and remind people the NCAA transfer portal is based on school. It's not a free agency portal where you can come and go whenever you please. It's also based in the enrollment period. So USC is actually a little bit at a dis- disadvantage here because they are on the semester system and have that deadline earlier than um, schools who are maybe on a quarter system or something like that. So one way or another, we will have an answer for USC pretty soon here based on the fact that he needs to enroll, but we'll see. A a caveat, though, he needs to enroll to be able to practice in the spring. He could still wait and, you know, train somewhere else or stay at school at Oklahoma. Um, I believe JT Daniels, he's in the transfer portal, but I believe he has to finish this semester at Georgia before he can transfer. He's got to graduate, so he'll be eligible next year. But those are the type of things that sometimes uh, limit guys being able to make that move as, as soon as they want to. So, you know, if he wants to practice during the spring with his potentially new team you know if he goes back to Oklahoma he could you know he just goes back to class those type of things but that's the caveat there he can still wait all the way up until you know the fall drop date ad drop date to to officially be enrolled so given that Caleb knows Lincoln Riley and knows the system is there pressure to come by the spring in that sense Uh, yeah that's interesting uh you know thought process because you know, he does have an advantage there and you feel like you, you do know things there and maybe he, you know, that's there. The thinking of the Williams family is, well, he already knows the offense, so he can catch up pretty quickly. But if you want to be a leader on the team, you need to get in as soon as you can to be able to establish your presence and, you know, be able to be in the locker room, get to know guys and also just throw in with wide receivers. I mean, I think I mentioned this on tunnel vision, but you know, remember at the beginning of this season for USC, Keaton Slow was throwing to a bunch of new guys, Malcolm Epps and all these guys that are coming in and the Michael Jackson and, you know, Taj Washington, all these new guys that he's not used to. Hey, he was really good throwing a Drake London, but there were some times when, you know, a guy would turn one way or be a step different than, than what he was anticipating and there were some throws just not being completed. That's the things you want to be able to nip in the bud early and be able to get that stuff ironed out you know, during the spring and during the summer workouts and throwing sessions. So when you get into the fall, you can be focusing on, you know, a, a lot more of the specifics rather than, you know, the general stuff of trying to know exactly how your receiver runs our routes. Yeah, I mean, that that's a great point. I mean, even if you are the number one transfer prospect in the portal, even though you're the number one QB on the market, even though you're a a going to be a Heisman contender the next couple years that you're in college, you you still need time with your your guys. You still need to get around the guys. You still need to get around the team. Everything you just said. And while you may know the offense, like 90% of the team does not know the offense, so they're still going to be learning. It would help you, you to be there to help them to learn the offense and also you know get into the motions of that. With yeah. Because as they learn it. 
Yeah, I mean, any any extra guy that has been in the offense, so he and Mario Williams will just be able to teach the other guys around them. Mario Williams will be able to teach some of the receivers and say, oh, you know, when you see this, this is what you do. Caleb Williams, similar with everyone else around him, the offensive line will be able to help out uh, with protections and different things like that because everyone else is playing catch-up. To And for those guys, just having an extra set of eyes that know exactly what they're doing I think really helps. Can I just put in my PG County – Crystal ball. Sure. It's still on Caleb Williams, USC. That's all I got. So is that a specific PG County crystal ball? Like, is it different from your Long Beach crystal ball? Yeah, because I'm making it <laughs> in PG County. Okay. Oh, you make the crystal ball. You're not just using one the whole time. What kind of sorcery are we talking about here? You guys are creating crystal balls out of, out of thin air. It sounds like he's creating it. <laughs> it's a special branded crystal ball. Oh, I'm making it in PG County. I'm making the crystal ball pick right here, and I'm still holding Caleb Williams USC. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Why? Tell the people why. That's just what I feel. That's just what everything seems to be pointing to. Okay. Okay. Everything Shotgun said is on the money. (laughs) Yeah. And, And, you know, there has been a lot of information thrown out there from sources and different things and all this. And we have been a little bit hesitant to report a lot of the things where other sites or other, you know, national reporters had thrown out things. Oklahoma city reporters saying he's down to certain schools. There's just been a lot of talk around it and very little necessarily coming from Caleb Williams and his side of the fence. So that's why we've been a little bit, you know, holding back a little bit on being very forceful with our opinions. But I I think Chris agrees with me that, you know, it still feels like, it's USC is the team that has the the lead at least uh, in, in this recruitment. It honestly reminds me of when Kawhi Leonard was in free agency and he was trying to pick, you know, there were, it was such an interesting like microcosm or like my, like a study on journalism because it was one of those things where no one really knew because his camp was so quiet, but some people just kept saying things and some people, you know, it, it's, it's been really hard sourcing wise because I think when it's a big story, people like to, sources like to pretend like they know what's happening when in reality I really think it's just really close circle and it's hard to determine what uh the Williams camp is thinking at any given moment right now yeah I completely agree with that and I think that you know this is the thing where some people if you guys are listening to this just a little bit behind the scenes is you know there's always two sides of the story so, you know, there's always the the school side, and that's USC, that's UCLA, that's Oklahoma. That's So, you know, some people at those schools may feel a certain way about it, but how reliable is that person, and can you get confirmation from the other side? So that's what we're always trying to do is, is you know, make things match up from one side and the other side and put them together and try to build on it from there, trying to get multiple people that are seeing the same thing or hearing the same things uh, from different angles. And so that's what you're trying to look for here. And when one side is completely silent, like you've had on the Caleb Williams side, sometimes, as Keely said, that leads to a little bit more speculation yeah, where people yeah. you know, are kind of wanting things to happen and wanting it to kind of play out and feel like things are going to play out in a certain way rather than knowing that they're playing out in a certain way. Yeah. Sort of like the USC coaching search. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great point. I mean, you know, obviously they kept it super tight. There was three or four, five people at most, uh, you know, in the know on that. And so there wasn't a lot of leaks out of the information. They kept it super, super tight lip and were very, you know, ninja about it, going about how they, they attacked the process and interview people and did different things that way. Very ninja about it. Ninja. Yeah. I threw it in there. Okay. Okay. 
Alrighty, let's move into some questions. First one is from Eric, who said, if Lincoln Riley and staff made evaluations of the roster, what qualities did Mo- Miller Moss show the new staff that Jackson Dart maybe didn't really show? Were either of them on Lincoln Riley's recruiting radar prior to coming to USC? Now, I'm going to jump in here before you guys answer. I think uh, Eric is insinuating that uh, Riley told Dart to enter the portal, and that is not correct from what we've heard from sources. But go for it, guys. Look, I, I did my best to really hone in on the question, but they're asking <laughs> qualities <laughs> that Miller Moss has and any people on the roster now that were recruited by Lincoln Riley. Is that what the question was? This is, is this, this is, this is, this is why so there's classic. a doc that you're supposed to have pulled up. So you can actually so read the classic. question yourself as well, Chris. Uh, no, they asked, what qualities did Miller Moss show that Jackson Dart didn't show? Uh, so that's why Keeley said, no, it, Jackson Dart was not pushed out by the staff. That's not what we've been told. Uh, were either of them on Lincoln Riley's recruiting radar prior to coming to USC? Now, Dart obviously being a late riser in that class, um, you, you know, Caleb Williams was already committed to Oklahoma. So if you got Caleb Williams, you're not going out looking for anyone else. They already had depth on, on their roster. Now, Miller Moss, I believe he was recruited by Oklahoma early in the process, if I remember correctly. Uh, maybe have gotten an early offer from them. And then obviously, once they got the commitment from Caleb Williams, they pretty much shut down their quarterback recruiting. So the the you know the, it didn't get to those late stages of the recruiting, you know, the top three, top five type of thing. So I, I don't think that, that they moved into that territory. But I do believe that the staff at least knew of Miller Moss and recruited him a little bit. I think they had offered him really early in the in the cycle. Um, the qualities that Miller Moss has showed that I think the staff would like will kind of adjust the question here are the fact that he can get the ball out pretty quickly and he's a cerebral quarterback. So, you know, he can read defenses pretty well. Um, and I thought he took a really big jump from the fall. I mean, from the spring to the fall. Uh, and I think that was a part of it was not having that senior season. You know, he had to play catch up a little bit, was a little rusty. And I thought he had a pretty good fall, you know, in the, in the games, we didn't see really much from him. He, you know, he handed off the one snap before he got into the cow game in the cow game. He, he tossed the ball around, didn't really take the deep shot. And that's one of the things coming out of the fall, that the coaching staff apparently, or, or out of the spring, excuse me, the coaching staff apparently told Moss they wanted to see him take a couple more shots downfield. Don't always, you know, take the the, the sure bet with the check down, but we be willing to push the ball a little bit more. Not sure if that's what Lincoln Riley's going to want, if he wants him to take the check down. Um, but, you know, uh, Moss is a guy that's going to try to limit your his mistakes. And as Jackson Dart was a little bit more of a gunslinger, would take those chances downfield a little bit more. And that's where those two guys differed a bit now if you're listening that's that's the first lesson if you don't want to answer a question but you want your coworker to that's what you do you see how i did that <laughs> yeah i turned that i didn't say anything no Play you dumb. just check out usually you wait it. to like the second question to and check out of the question portion. That, that's how it's done <laughs> welcome to my ted talk oh my goodness welcome to my TED talk. and i just want to add that lincoln riley has this sort of strategy with quarterbacks and when he's recruiting them in high school, that he focuses on one. He's like, this is, you're my guy. You're going to be my guy. We're the only quarterback you're, you're going to offer. They did that with Caleb. They did it with Malachi Nelson. So it's like, they're telling him, this is how badly we want you. You're our guy. We want to make you the guy in the class. We're not focusing on anyone else. You're it. Come be part of this. That's sort of the 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 strategy that Riley has taken when it comes to quarterback recruiting. Um, that's sort of how USC tried to play with Malachi Nelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the only quarterback they had played. That's why it was such a big deal when they had went and offered uh, uh, Nico Shotgun. I'm a Leva. 
uh, Keely, you can dub that yep, to make yep, it sound yep, like yep. me. Of course, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's why it was sort of like this whole thing for a couple weeks. It's like, oh, USC offered Nico. That means, means they, they don't think they're going to get Malachi. When Oklahoma zoned in on Malachi and they were like, you're our guy. And they got him. And obviously, obviously he's part of the cl- class now. So that's sort of the strategy that Riley has played. So obviously there wasn't too much looking into Jackson. Obviously he came in late. And then obviously Miller as well. Yeah, and speaking on that, that's a strategy that has burned USC in the past because, yeah. you know, they've been kind of uh, torn in between, like, can we get this guy? Can we get this guy? And they kind of recruit both guys. You know, the, the most notable one probably is Shea Patterson and KJ Costello. Same thing happened with Tua a little bit later. Um, and then they actually settled in 2020 Bryce Young. Bryce Young was going to be their guy, and that's who they got committed early. And obviously you had Bryce Young, you had DJ Ungalele, uh, you had uh, C.J. Stroud who popped up a little bit later, but USC stayed on C- on Bryce Young the entire time, and it burned him. So, you know, there's two different ways to go about it, and you you can you can make it work either way, but when you're not playing well like USC in 2020, that's what happens. You lose your, your top-end guy that's committed, and then you don't have a backup plan there. So that's why USC had to go into 2021 and get a couple of quarterbacks. All I know is shotguns is, is going to be cool when he's at the Polynesian cookouts. He's got everyone's name on lock. He, he ain't got no problem. He ain't got no problem. That's all I'm saying. I just make an effort. I don't know. I don't know if I got him on lock, but I make an effort. See, we should have been invited. We should have had a Family Feud trip to the Poly Bowl. That would have been a great episode. Just saying. Would have been lit. <laughs> to talk to the boss, Keely. <laughs> we got multiple questions about this, uh, but I'll read Mike's question. He said, do you believe Jackson Dart is waiting on Caleb Williams to commit? And if William commits elsewhere, where do you think Dart would return? Or would even JT return? I don't know. What do you think, Chris? Do you think that he's waiting around for Williams to commit? That's not usually a quarterback mentality um, is to wait around and see what another guy does. You know, with those the alpha male type of personality that you the top end quarterbacks normally have. Uh, Now, it's a little bit different situation because maybe you're waiting to see he really wants to come back to USC. And that's why I would wait. But I don't I just don't feel like that's necessarily the case. Um, And. Maybe I'm wrong about this one, but I just don't feel like Dart, you know, the the mentality we've seen, at least on the field, that he's a guy who's going to wait around for someone else to make a decision to choose his decision off of. Yeah, I certainly think it feels that way from the outside looking in. You're kind of looking on paper like, oh, these guys are just waiting to see what's going to happen. I, I don't really f- necessarily feel like there's sort of any waiting game like Jackson Dart and his camp are kind of waiting, watching, getting, looking for Twitter updates on Caleb Williams and what he's doing or looking at fight on emojis. I don't think they're doing any of that. And I think, like you just said, I think Dart is a guy who's just going to go pull the trigger. He's a gunslinger. He's going to go where he thinks is the best fit. Um, that being said, I think if Caleb didn't go to USC, you know, wherever he goes to LSU, Georgia, whatever, some other school, I think there would be sort of a push maybe by Lincoln to maybe, you know, kick the tires a little bit like, hey, you know, this is I know it would be sort of an awkward situation. I would never be able to sell it. You couldn't. <laughs> I, I would just fumble the bag immediately. Um, Lincoln has way more swag than me. He would be able to way to finesse it, get back in the good graces or whatever, make the pitch so it didn't come off maybe as bad as it maybe looks. Like, hey, Caleb, no Caleb, maybe uh, maybe Dart, maybe want to come back a little bit, whatever. Uh, yeah, so I think they would at least you know kick the tires, see what the camp is feeling, because you know I think Jackson Dart really did, really does or you know loves USC. I think he had he liked his time there, and I think he he, he fit in that environment and that. That the USC vibe, so I think I think they would at least you know think about it, or if he's not committed, if you know Williams went somewhere else. 
Yeah, exactly. I think, I think that they would try to get him back in and the coaching staff if possible, but I don't think that's necessarily his thinking on it. Um, and, you know, I, I think what Dart has, he's just taking his time and going through the process. He's visited three schools so far, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, and I believe BYU. Um, does he, is, are there any other schools that he wants to visit? That's kind of the question there. And I think he's just taking his time and actually taking those visits, trying to, rather than try to stuff them all into one weekend or, I mean, one week. Um, I, I think that he's just, you know, being able to try to see what the atmosphere is like on a, on a weekend, you know, when Ole Miss has a basketball game or when Oklahoma has a basketball game and see what the vibe is around campus. So I think that's more of it than when's Caleb going to commit? I'm, I'm waiting to, to see what my decision is based off of that coop on twitter wanted to know i assume all the portal transfers will be eligible to play in the spring correct as far as we know everyone the the couple guys i've talked to said they're trying to get to campus immediately so um the reason why you see all the commits right now and especially this past week i believe it's six now that have committed in this past week um or last week that. They, they want to be able to commit and then be able to enroll so that they can get to class and be able to play during the spring because especially with a new coaching staff, you want to be there. You don't want to miss anything because you want to prove yourself immediately. We got a question from West who said, who's the biggest impact transfer so far and what's a realistic expectation for next year? Uh, I mean, gun to my head, I feel like Mario Williams is sort of the one you kind of point to just because he's the highest ranked transfer they have. You know, USC's receiving core needs needs a boost after losing Drake London. And after, outside of him, there wasn't a lot of uh, big plays coming out until like Gary Bryan late. Um, but I think just like looking at it now, I think Shane Lee is the one I would pick just because USC sorely needed linebacker depth, linebacker help in general, you know, losing Kenai Mauga. They needed an impact player there, and I think Shane Lee, you know, even though he hasn't played in the last, you know, couple seasons, um, he does have big time college experience. You know, he started at Alabama. He was a freshman All American. You know, he's a little bit uh, bigger than you. He's 240. He's a he's a he's a he's a stout little guy. He's a hitter. Um, so I was, uh, so I'm interested to see how that works with that with that defense. But I think that's a guy who could step in right away and kind of be a playmaker on this defense. And that's a spot they sorely need depth. Um, at a position that's sort of underachieved the last couple seasons. And obviously they have two young guys there and Rajon Davis and Julian Simon who could come in and maybe develop into starters this season. Uh, but Shane is ni a nice little bridge player that you can have in there that maybe, you know, start, put one of the young guys alongside of him and then kind of see what happens. So I would go with uh, Lee and not just because he's from Maryland, but that is a big, uh, that is a big part. Are you guys concerned about Shane's injury history at all? No, I, I think that, you know, last year he played 11 games, I think it was. So, you know, 13. it was on special teams. 13 last year. Oh, okay, then I think it was 11 uh, a couple of years before that. He's played a number of games. It's not like he's missed a, a ton of action. He did miss part of the 2020 season. Um, but I, I think that the fact that he's he's been healthy enough to play this past season, even though it wasn't in the mix at linebacker that much, I think that that tells you I'm not that concerned about the injury history. Um, now, how does he fit in this defense? That's a question a little bit. You know, the, the guy that stands out to me, um, you know, going in a different direction, if you're talking just immediate impact and impact next season, I think Travis Dye, I think what yeah. he can do for that that 
running back room, you know, just being an older guy and helping those younger guys along the way, Brandon Campbell, Relique Brown, and even Darwin Barlow, and the fact that he can catch the ball in the backfield so he can be a dynamic, uh, you know, mismatch, you know, get him on a linebacker, and that's things that you're going to teach Relique Brown as well. So I, I think that, you know, he can be an immediate guy on the other side. You know, since you went with the Maryland guy, I'd go with the Georgia guy, Romella Height, a guy that can get to the quarterback. You know, that's something that USC has not done enough of in the, in the past couple of years. Um, you know, if you remember, what was it, 2016 or 2017, they led the nation in sacks uh, with Uchina Nwosu. They haven't come anywhere close to that. They haven't been very good at getting to the quarterback and getting the quarterback down. Now, Height has been able to get a lot of pressures this past season. You know, his first uh, action really for Auburn as a redshirt freshman he hasn't. He didn't get any sacks, so he's got to get that that take that next step. But a guy at six three, six four, two hundred twenty, two hundred thirty. He's listed at two fourteen by Auburn, but that dude does not look two fourteen. Um, so he's a guy that can come off the edge, has speed, and just listen to some of the other Auburn players talk about him in some interviews. You know, reading up on him. You know, they think he can be a special player. So I think that you know having him on one side. And Corey Foreman or Nick Figueroa or Tuli Tuli Pelotu or loading those guys on the same side. I think it just gives you a lot of options. I think coming off the edge, he could be a difference maker for USC. And getting to the quarterback affects everything on the defense. And that's one of the things I think that Todd Orlando's defense, they tried to get pressure so often, but when they weren't able to get the quarterback, that's when they were burned a lot of times. So I, I think he's a guy to to watch this season. I think he could be, you know, a really impact player. Tim tweeted, it doesn't seem to have hurt guys like Caleb Williams or Brock Bowers, but have you heard of any coaches or people in the know talk about how much the lack of high school football in certain places last year hurt player development? Hoping that's why some of 21's players didn't contribute. Yeah, I mean, we, I think that's something we all heard during the season talking to coaches. There would be, maybe it was Orlando or someone would mention like, this guy didn't play high school. He's basically a high school senior because he missed that time. I mean, reps are always important, especially at the quarterback position. I think that's why we saw, you know, a guy like Miller Moss sort of struggle a little bit in the in the spring when he came in and Jackson Dart had that incredible spring because Jackson did play his senior season in Utah. He got all those reps. And then, you know, Miller was regulated to just working out or maybe throwing with a couple of people during, you know, that 2020 the height of that 2020 pandemic. So he didn't really get those valuable reps at quarterback. So that's why Jackson looked a little bit more advanced than him in the spring. And then that kind of evened out in the fall. Um, So obviously, yeah, we've heard that being talked about last year with the coaches, with, with players. I definitely think it did affect them because it's it's such valuable reps at the high school level. Even if you're like uh, a a dude playing against like uh, in a, in a, not great competition that's still like experience that's still you know things you're seeing out there that's still things you're learning so obviously that that does affect some players more than others but yeah we we, we've seen that a couple places with with the guys in the 2021 class yeah and i think even a guy like Corey foreman and you know how much he was banged up this year because you take a complete year off uh, of the you know the grind of your body taking that impact and creating that kind of that callus uh, that shield uh, armor around you, then you get banged up a little bit more. And I think that was something that he dealt with this past year as well from not having a season. So I think some of the California kids definitely did. Now some other guys jumped on the scene and you know looked good in their first action, like Kalen Bullock. But what would he have looked like if he did have a senior year? Would he have been even a step further along? That's something we don't really know. But I think you did see it really impact some players. So now we're transitioning more into the final 
episode comments slash questions. First one is from SC and SG who said, uh, first of all, Keely, this is bittersweet. You were the best. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I'm double checking. I don't think he's talking about USC basketball here. He said, now for the question, will you, the USC offense break 70 points in a game this year? Will it break 60 or 50? How many times will it break 40? 70 points in a game? Chris, what do you think? I mean, the Lincoln Riley offense is explosive. Um, and especially the first year where defenses aren't going to, you know, be fully keyed on it like the Big 12 was and not have, you know, that that background knowledge. I think there could be some explosive games this season for USC, but 70 is a difficult number to get to. That's a big number. <laughs> I don't know when the last time USC got to 70. It's been a long time. You know, they've gotten to I think they got to 63, um, you know, once in the last five or six years. But I think that's it over 50 um, or over into the 60s. But so 70s way up there. I don't think we'll get a 70. I do think we'll get a 60. I think we'll get a couple of 50s. And I will say like I'll say like five forties. Who's the 60 coming against? Rice, Colorado. Yeah, Rice. I think Rice is a good candidate to get that get that 60. Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. I don't know, I don't know what all they're bringing in, but you know, you lose Nate Landman, uh you lost both your cornerbacks to the transfer portal. Uh, they've got a they've got a lot of holes to to fill there. Um and getting pressure on quarterbacks that just didn't do that consistently and how much is their offense going to help them out? Because that's one of the things. If you get the ball back quickly, you score. You can score uh, more points. And their offense didn't do anything last year, so I don't. I don't know what Colorado is going to be this upcoming year as far as what they've got coming in. But they lost some important pieces off the defense already. Now, all day Trojans, either is in cahoots with you, Shotgun, or it's just a, a faithful member of the nation. He said, "Stock neutral T-shirts?" Question mark. I mean, I mean, I. Talked to someone this week about some poten- potential merchandise. So hopefully wow. we can, we're going to take some steps. Wow. Going As forward. I'm leaving, I, you take the steps to make merch. Hell yeah. <laughs> I have also looked into <laughs> merchandising this week. Coincidentally, it's oh. a helium board cahoots. No. I <laughs> so see. We're hoping, we're hoping in 20, the year 2020, 2020, in the year 2020, the, the year of your Lord Lincoln Riley for the USC fans uh, that they'll have a uh... 2022 Chris. What did I say? 2020. 2020? We, don't, we don't mention that year. 2022. Okay. 2022. There's a lot of twos in there. I'm sorry. Just throw out all the twos. Uh, we had a question from Dustin who said, what did Chris do and who will he run off next? That one hurt me. <laughs> that one like, that one like really hurt me. I felt that in my spine. Oh, that's, that's really hurting you for sure. It feels more like he's just banishing people. Like he, he sent Dan to back to Kentucky. He sent me to the frigid tundra. Well, I didn't send Dan anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where are and you now he sent Keely to the dark side. That, that's the uh, <laughs> the Death Star. That's, that's the that's the reveal at the end of the series it's for the spinoff. Like I, I log <laughs> off. I log off. It's over. The final the final episode, and then I turn, and then you see my giant diagram like my yarn work of like <laughs> xing out like i wow. got rid of shotgun i put him all the way across the country keely i i sent her away dan i made him retire i'm just xing off people one more one wow. ryan's next wow ryan's next. ryan's next ryan's gonna have to build up the army back to to face off against chris in this this battle Ooh, gaining power series. look at that do you get stronger <laughs> the more people you send off yes i feed off your life force <laughs> wow what are you, what are you, Matthew Stafford? 
Yes, I just want to take their soul. Is that what he said? Like Shang Tsung. Yes. He said that, you know, he would love to have, this is the Rams Buccaneers game where the Bucks come back from three touchdowns down. He said, I would love to have been taking knees, you know, up by three touchdowns, but to win like that, where he made two big passes to Cooper cup uh, with, with less than a minute to go. He said to, to reach in and just steal someone's soul away from him. It, it, it feels good. And <laughs> so it reminded me a lot of Mortal Kombat and Shang Tsung. I, uh, who does that. Speaking of great NFL divisional playoff quotes, I, I that's a great, great quote, but I do prefer Andy Reid's when times are grim, be the grim reaper. Oh, yeah, that one was good. That, that one's really good when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That one doesn't work so well if he was still in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts or you know Gardner Minshew. Mm, sad, sad. Well, the rest of the comments slash questions we have is for me leaving, how dare I? I apologize very much <laughs> so. I'm very sorry. And a lot of people just sharing their love for the Feud podcast. Um, I just want to take a second to thank everyone who sent in questions every week for us. You guys were great we love uh samuel he was one of them who said i honestly look forward to family feud podcasts more than usc games these fat last few years so thank you so much and hokey pokey gustavo you know you know who you are the contributors jason <laughs> all of you guys we really appreciate you guys you guys held it down from the beginning so we appreciate you guys definitely uh you know there are a couple more comments that asked when keely's coming back as a guest will there be a backdoor deal where we get uh, dibs <laughs> on all the info and I, I don't think you guys realize part of USC hiring her away is that so she doesn't have as many scoops anymore. You know, now that they keep that in, in home, you know, if you can't beat them, then then hire them. That's kind of the deal there. And Keely's not coming back as a guest. She's too big time now. You know, she's <laughs> off on her own. We're not we're not having her around anymore. What? We're cutting ties completely. You know, we're, we're too heartbroken over here to have her come back. So she's too big time for us. So I'm the ex that's saying we can still be friends and you guys are like, nah. You're out. Yeah, I can't. I already do blocked it. your number. <laughs> Second, the Skype ends. I'm blocking her number. I oh don't my know. goodness. Well, she's, she's skyping from the studio, so you know that, and we're taking the key away she's from her, from her the key, studio. Yeah, yeah wow. so taking out our retinal time. scans for the doors, whatever. It's all gone. <laughs> yeah, our fort that we have. But yeah. Chris, um, I I did tell you I was sending in my friendship application. I was just wondering if you received it yet. Oh, uh, that might have got lost in the mail. I'm, oh. I'm sorry. I, I live out in the woods out here. <laughs> I thought you weren't so, supposed to disclose your location. Look, if I say woods in PG County, that could be any number of places. Okay, I don't know the geographical, the topographical stuff. There's woods, and then there's more woods. Okay. That's all they got. Okay. Chris, uh, do have to warn you, I got a package from Keeley, but it was ticking. So <laughs> I went ahead and threw that oh, away. No. I don't... <laughs> yeah, uh, Shotgun, I don't know if that was from me, so you might want to... That was a custom alarm clock that she got. Oh, oh, that's what it was. But you can never be too sure. You can never be too sure. <laughs> Alrighty, well, Chris, for the last time, it is time for me to pass it over to you. It's time for some take it or leave it. Come to this. I uh, I don't I don't know if this will be the final uh, fake corporate sponsor or the final take it or leave it. I don't I don't feel like it will be, but this will be obviously the final. With me involved. What? With me involved. Teeving it up. Yes, teeving it up. We'll we'll see if teeving survives in the new era of podcasting on uscfootball.com. But I hope I don't butcher this. So we're gonna we're gonna try to get through this. I hope everything's clear. I hope the audio is clear. Um, am I coming in good? Yeah, you're making me nervous, but yes. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> it's the season finale. One sec. 
He just muted himself for a little bit of water. He's really making this ad read special. <laughs> we got to go out on top. We got to go on top. Just want to make sure I have everything ready. So, obviously, this is the final Family Feud uh, fake corporate sponsor. Thank you to all the sponsors that we've had. Yeah. All the ridiculous sponsors that put up uh, with me. You know, some I had to beg to come on. Some of the, Some begged me to put them on. So, we've had a nice mixture of that. Um, all starting. Does anyone remember the first fake corporate sponsor? Don't have that call back. Ooh. I, all I remember is the goat farm. <laughs> that was not the first one. <laughs> but I do remember that one. Yeah, does anyone have one that sticks out in their mind? Keely being the goat farm, I guess. The, the horse hat stands out, but that wasn't necessarily. <laughs> horse hat <laughs> will live on in infamy. Wow. Uh, Pumpkin first... patches, uh, you know, Stencils. the tender. There, yeah. there was a lot. Very first one, cheese nips. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. As I have a box of cheese, it's the what true are you doing? Champion. What are you the true doing? champion? Oh, oh my god! I'm gonna get an angry letter. <laughs> I got I got a separate nil deal here. Oh wow! Oh oh look, Dan Nips is calling me. Head of <laughs> head of Cheese Nips Corporation. He's gonna be real Dan real pissed on that. Dan Nips. <laughs> okay. Family business. Okay. So we're moving on to the final one. Um. Shotgun, if if what what do you feel like this whole podcast, this whole the feud has shown you is the most important thing in our lives? Um, cheese nibs is yeah. one, um, but it, it's called the Family Feud podcast. So it's got to be family, right? Obviously, it's family, and that's why we did a special uh, partnership this week for a local place out here in Maryland, uh, Mother Goose Adoption Agency. <laughs> Okay. So here in Maryland, right here in Maryland, PG County, DMV, uh, very proud, very happy and proud to partner with this organization who can help you find a home no matter what. Need a pet? You got it. Move to a new city and need a new friend group? Mother Goose got you. Did you not want to make a guest? Did you not want to make a guest appearance with an established USC podcast, but you accepted because two coworkers made you come in and reluctantly agree because you had nothing better to do in the pandemic, and then you secretly started enjoying it and then went to go and one day dream about being an official member of that very podcast that terrified you because it was silly and fun and stupid and hilarious and beautiful and magic, magical, but you accepted it and, and you accepted that it would be nothing more than a running bid for you to join. And you never thought it would happen until one day they did a heartfelt gesture and welcomed you into the family only for both of them to leave you within a span of a couple months, effectively ending the podcast and making it seem cruel and vindictive. <laughs> yeah, they can help with that. <laughs> so take in a handsome orphan handsome bearded orphan <laughs> and leave the knife in my back so we can always remember the pain <laughs> mother goose you'll always find a home with friends oh cute thanks to mother chris, goose that, chris that seemed oddly specific yeah yeah i mean that was just one of the prompts they wrote for us i didn't oh, approach okay. them. i didn't okay. give any input they they apparently this happens you know apparently wow. they're a common team. enough thing where it's like it's like, hey, this will this will connect with people, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. <laughs> so thanks for the for, final thanks time, to Mother Goose. <laughs> thanks to Mother Goose. Um, number one, Shotgun already touched touched on it, but the fight on tweets campaign. Take Taking it. or leaving. Take yeah, it. you're 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 a hard take. I, I saw that coming. I'm gonna take it, and I think it's just interesting because I think Shotgun said this too. But imagine if this happened during the Helton era, people would be like, okay. Great, but now everyone's on pins and needles. It's it's effective. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
uh, Travis Dye has the best mustache on the team now. Oh. Ooh. I know Shotgun yeah. loves a little facial hair. 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 Uh, hair. Hair. Subsection themes. <laughs> True. You know, that is your flow. specialty, Shotty. Uh, Liam Douglas did have a good one. Obviously, he mm. has entered the transfer portal, but I still think it's Justin Dietrich. Yeah. He's just someone knocks him off. Yeah, we can't. I cannot go against Dietrich, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave it. Yeah, he he can pull trucks, so we're gonna yeah. not get in his way. Yeah. We have a better chance against against Die, um, unless Dietrich's mom makes him cut it off for picture day, family <laughs> photos. Is that a thing? That that, that happened. happened. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. I don't know if you were there that day. It was in the ghost notes. No, oh, apologies. <laughs> uh, moving on, double-digit wins for USC in 2022. Ooh, that's making a, good a one. face. That's a good one. Jack is making a face. I'm gonna take it. Ooh, okay. If you had asked me prior to the transfer portal palooza, the transfer absolutely, palooza, absolutely, I knew you would have said no. You I would, would have, have leaved it, left it, gone. If you would have asked it. her before she's going to be a part of the athletic department. <laughs> no, I don't care. I'm still going to say I'm still going to say what I feel. Um, I don't take it, you know, excited to see what this uh, what this team can do. But obviously they got to get some more quarterback depth. You know, if it's going to be Miller Moss, going to be Caleb Williams, going to be somebody else. Got to get at least one more guy in there. Because uh, right now you got Miller Moss and only Mo Hassan as uh, scholarship guys. Here's the thing, though: if you have, if you're Lincoln Riley and you have an opening for a quarterback, I feel like that's going to be super easy with the portal. Yeah, like I know we we talk it, about Dart and Williams, but at some point that's still an attractive offer for someone out there, right? That's a valid point. Um, however, if you're waiting on Caleb Williams and he decides, you know, he doesn't give a full indication before this uh, this window closes. Uh, then, you know, some of the other quarterbacks that are on the market may sign so that they can sign somewhere else so they can practice during the spring. USC is now taking leftovers uh, or guys that didn't win their job in the spring. So I think that it makes it a little bit more difficult if you can't get somebody in in the next, what, four days. Put USC down as a dark horse playoff contender if Caleb Williams comes to USC. Mm. I'll take it as a dark horse. I got, I still got some concerns on the defensive side of the ball and how everything kind of comes together in, in year one. But with a guy who's already been in the system, that gives me a little bit more confidence with the offense. If you get if the defense plays well enough, and I just, the Pac-12, I don't think there's anybody that you're really scared of out there. I mean, Utah, I think they're bringing them back a lot and, and could be, you know, uh, the team that's probably going to be the favorite in, in the Pac-12 South, at least to begin with. And, and some of the other teams are doing some positive things like Arizona, but, you know, I, I think that they could definitely be there. Now, will USC slip up somewhere? Who knows? But as a dark horse, I'll take it. Yeah, I think I'm going to take it for all the reasons Shotgun just said, but also just because how easy it is in the Pac-12 to – to take care of your opponents and then kind of rise to prominence. I mean, the fact that USC is already kind of in the tin range for way too early polls when nothing's really happened yet on the field shows you that like, I I'm just saying as far as in the college football committee playoff committee era, I think that hype can kind of give USC an extra boost there. Valid point. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying there. Cause you got to Usually you have to start high to finish high. Um, or you're you know you're trying to come up from the 20s and you slowly are making your way up and it's, it's that much more difficult than if you start up higher. But 
we've seen far too often USC be overranked early and not be able to, to live up to it yeah, in the last no, decade. For sure. USC's O-line will be the best in the Pac-12 next season. See, I just don't have enough knowledge of the rest of the returning Pac-12 offensive lines right now for me to like fully give a good answer about that. If you want to say most snaps, sounds like a team. it sounds like a team. If you want to say most snaps, I feel like Andrew Voorhees is like the outlier and has like two million. So that has to be most played. I don't know. Oh, Sean, do you so most, know? most experience is what you're saying. Yes. The most yes. experienced lineman yes. returning. Yes. Um, I'm just going to take it because USC graded out great this past season and being able to keep Voorhees and Nilon and Dietrich, um, you know, it gives them great foundation for where they can go. And if you can get Cortland forward, Jonah Monheim, one of those guys to take a next step. And there's still the possibility they add a big, big piece and someone like Josh Connerly or adding an extra piece from the portal. You know, th- those are still possibilities for USC. You got Bobby Haskins. He should be a guy that'll be in the mix in the start and rotation. But there's real concerns with depth, you know, much more even so than last year. Last year, I felt like you had probably eight guys coming in that you felt comfortable with. This year, right now, it's at six or seven, and you know, one injury puts you on the thre- the threshold uh, of danger, the danger zone of throwing in inexperienced guys that that you don't really trust out there. Gary Bryant, thousand yards next season. I'm gonna leave it. Yeah, I'm gonna leave it. I don't. I don't think he's gonna be the feature guy, and I think the ball is gonna get spread around pretty good, um, because I don't think that there. Uh, having not seen Mario Williams myself, I don't think that there's that elite guy that's gonna just you know Drake London getting the ball over and over and over in the same regard. So I think it'll be spread around, and you know maybe they can get multiple guys, and if that if they get multiple thousand yard guys, maybe that's the case. And his injury history also gives me pause. Let's keep it with the wide receivers. Mario Williams will be the wide receiver one 2022. I'm leaving it. I just think there's so many other options. And, you know, I'm, who's your I think wide receiver Britain, one then? I don't have one. I'm taking the field. <laughs> okay, that's what fine. I'm doing right here. Uh, Brendan Rice could be a guy. You know, we've seen him with no quarterback play at all be able to, to put up some big numbers. Uh, you know, Terrell Bynum's a guy that was all Pac 12 previously in his career. You know, Gary Bryant's an option. Uh, Kyle Ford, if he's healthy, you know, obviously we've seen the playmaking ability he has. So I think there's more options. So I, I think it's a safer bet, you know, to take the field in this one versus taking Mario Williams. Andrew Voorhees, All-American, 2022. Shotgun's doing his thing. He's <laughs> looking something up in true Family Feud fashion. He's looking up some stat to to smack me around with. I'm gonna. Well, okay, hold on. What's your standard here? Is it like any publication, or is it like a consensus? Let's say it's like a not consensus. It's not uh, readers' almanac all American team. It's like it's like a, a decent all American team. I just feel like Voorhees is kind of un- like people don't really like recognize him nationally. Voorhees was trashed. So many times, so for so many, like what felt like a long time by USC fans, and then he came back to being like, like a really good offensive lineman. Well, his sort of defense, his he was kind of the utility guy who moved around a lot. He was never in like one positional home, if you will. 
Yeah, and he was also a guy that was thrown into the mix. You know, he's not a five-star guy coming out of high school. He's played at a smaller school in high school in Kingsburg, and he gets thrown in the mix immediately. He's the first offensive lineman thrown in there, even before a guy like Austin Jackson. So I think that he took his lumps his first year and a half or so, and I think he's grown from that, and he's a grown man now. So I think that him coming back, once he came back from that injury that that uh, played him in the 2019 season, I think he's been a different guy and been just super solid for them. So the, the question for me, I think the answer, I'm taking it, that he's going to be All-American because I think he was All-American a couple of like third team uh Fourteen uh, this season. The question, though, is position. Does he stay at left tackle? Because I, I think that hurts his value a little bit as far as on the All-American teams. Because I think he could be a dominant guard versus a tackle. I think he'll have some more ups and downs just because that's not necessarily his strength as much as the interior, where you can just run over people. The the guard tackle, the GT pulls. We'll see. You know how they use him and do some different things like that. Uh, but I, I think that you know he can have a, a really good season and do it again. Final one. Got to go a little basketball. Oh. Hoop, there it is. Hoop, there it is. U- USC basketball returns to the top five. Ever? What's, what's our time frame here? This season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have the, the best USC beat basketball. Right? What's your title you give me, Wow, wow. Just, just <laughs> one you uh, botched that, world, but also I tried to. The USC basketball beat writer? Yeah, I'll have him go first as a courtesy. <laughs> Um, the schedule sets up for USC that, you know, they got three games this week. If they can get through that, starting with Arizona state right after we finish this podcast. So, um, it'll be a little bit dated there that they can win the next three games at home. And then they're going to go on the road to Arizona to play Arizona ASU. And if they win at Arizona, they could take a big jump forward. Cause that's one of the things that's hurting them right now. They only moved up one spot, even though there were seven teams that in front of them that lost games this week, uh, they only moved up one spot from 16 to 15. So I think it's a tough hill to, for them to climb because after that Arizona game, they've got a, another matchup with Arizona. Eventually somewhere it's got to be slotted into the schedule, just thrown in there to be rescheduled and two matchups with UCLA. So there's opportunities for them to climb up the rankings, but I think at best they're going to split in those games just because I think that, you know, those three teams are the, the top notch. And I think that, I think all three of them will end up splitting with each other uh, when all is said and done, unless Arizona proves they're just that good. And, you know, take over the entire conference um so i don't think there's going to be enough for them to climb into the top five but you know they could find their way in the top 10 and kind of rest in there and if they can get a three or four seed in the tournament i think they're set up for a for a nice run once again you know what's crazy i was about to say that exact same thing and shotgun just read my mind he got it oh all yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. exactly it. yeah Nice of you to let him go first so right. we can get the point. I know. Yeah. I just wanted, you know, he is the world's best beat writer for USC basketball, something of that nature. Yeah, I'm going to leave it as well. You know, Chuck and I are on the same page. <laughs> Those uh, and the the corporate ones, thank you to Mother Goose Adoption Agency. Adopt, don't shop, as, as they say. Um, I got some fun ones. Let's run through these real quick because um, I know Shotgun's – Got to get out of here to be the world's greatest USC basketball beat writer, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so let's get through these. Uh, there's a restaurant in Pittsburgh called Beto's, 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 that serves pizza with cold cheese on top. Is there normal hot cheese underneath it? No, it's just the sauce and they put the hot, the cold cheese and cold toppings on it. That's so, how you eat it. So it's a Lunchable? 
Essentially, yes. <laughs> but I feel like the bottom is warm. <laughs> what a quote. But uh, essentially, yes. So unlunchable if they threw in the microwave for five seconds. How gotcha. much am I paying for this? I'm leaving it. I do uh, not have a price for you. <laughs> I mean, I would try it, but I'm still leaving. <laughs> uh, Wordle. Okay, this has been like a craze, <laughs> but I haven't been on it. I, I haven't jumped in. I don't know why. Are you a Wordler, Chris? I'm not a Wordler. I see people <laughs> post their Wordles. <laughs> Wordling. I take it, um, you know, I'm all for the games that people play on their phones to be something that is has some intellectual value. This is such um, a an answer. <laughs> rather than Candy Crush, but I, I'm not playing any games, so I'm not participating, but I take it. Okay. You're both taking it. Okay, the new M&Ms. What are the new, the new M&Ms? The new character I, rebrands. What? I haven't seen them yet. I happen? heard about it, but did not... The uh, the all I know is the green M M&M and M has traded in her heels for some athletic shoes. That's... They're less sexy, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but who needs M and M's to be sexy? Have you not watched an M M&M and M commercial? <laughs> like, Apparently is that really thing. like wow? That heels, those heels on that M M&M, and M. I'm going out and buying M and M's now. Like, what is the the point there? Look, all I'm saying is everyone's talking about M and M's being less sexy. So, <laughs> are you taking or leaving less sexy M and M's? That's all I want to know. I'm leaving this subject is weird leave it let m&ms be m&ms heels or no heels i have no real opinion on this but i'll take it just to be in opposition to keely okay. Uh, so you're okay you're a sexy skittles man i got you i, I read you loud and clear uh jackson state uh university's official offer graphics having Dion sanders as the offer it's like putting himself on the offer that they send out. I mean, he is the like a big part of the brand. He is the brand. He's the entire attraction there. Um, you know, before he got there, people weren't going to HBCUs just because they wanted to go. No, when he got there, it's like, oh, I can go. Every player that you talk to, Travis Hunter, any of those guys, is, well, I can go play for Coach Prime. Why would I not go play for the best? You know, I can do this two ways, all that type of stuff. So definitely taking that. Yeah, I'll take it. And finally, take or leave me getting a 10K cat tattoo. Will I be getting this tattoo? Do you think it's going to happen? Explain to the people what you just like randomly tweeted out. I believe yeah, and, or, and the thought process. If yeah. you didn't see what I tweeted, I just basically said, I thank people for getting 9K. Then I quote tweeted, I said, if I get 10, if I get 10,000 followers before spring practice, which we still don't have a date on, but I'm assuming it's a couple months, I will get a 10K, 10, and then the K, uh, tattooed on my body somewhere. That, Why did you decide this? Yeah, where did this come about? It, it, it was like, if we're looking at the breakdown, it's like 40% uh, acting out because Keely's leaving. <laughs> Like, your parents are getting divorced, so you're just, like, acting out. Now you're smoking and doing all that. Uh, 20% like, I don't really care. Uh, 30% like, I don't think I didn't think it would happen, or I don't think it would happen. Uh, and whatever the last percent, like... 10%. 10%. It's like, whatever. It's just it's just my brand to do something <laughs> stupid and sure. don't really think about it. Chris, do you have any other tattoos? You do not, I, do this, I do not have a tattoo. So this, you should have said your first tattoo. That would have really gotten people going. 
Does I mean, really want to get people going? That's the question. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the best part is that RJ asked you if you were going to put it on the ham hocks, and you were like, no, the, ham- the hocks have to remain pristine. <laughs> um, it, solely for is buckets? Is this like the. Yeah, exactly. What I was thinking. Nick Young, <laughs> this arm solely for buckets? Yes, exactly. Okay. So, leave, is it going to happen? Do you think it'll? Do you think I'll be getting a tattoo this year? So, going off a of past uh, spring camp starts, it's like March, right? And who knows what yeah. Riley will do? That's a short span of time, Chrissy T. The first one is usually the week of the Pac-12 basketball yeah. tournament, which is starts March 9th. So. Mm-hmm. That's about, you know, it's about five, six weeks. But I'm taking it. Because <laughs> my cousin uh, used to live in Siberia, so I'm sure he knows some people that can get some Russian bots going, and we're going to make this happen. Oh. I am just, at the time of this podcast, I'm just over 9,500. Oh, yeah, that's happening. Oh, let's you go. Just, you just crossed 9,000 like three days ago. Okay, this is happening. And second of all, I'm I'm taking it. Second of all, I want. I see. I feel like you need some like Maryland in it. You need like a PG County. You need like a feud. You need to like really style out this 10K. I don't, I'll send you guys mock-ups of what I, <laughs> if it happens. Okay. If it happens, we're not there Sam, yet. I'm gonna start something. getting. I'll start getting like nervous if we're like at 9,800. Okay, get Chris to 10K. Let's do it. I want to see it. But where are you gonna put it? That is not. Uh, that has not been tramp like stamp. thought. About. Tramp stamp. <laughs> I've gotten tramp stamp. Maybe I'll get it under the, like the butterfly tattoo, like the game has under my eye. Like a teardrop. <laughs> get a little, get a little side boob action. You know, something, <laughs> something the for the fella, something for the fellas. Yeah, of course. Wow. Lots of options. Well, do keep us updated on your your progress, for sure. Or you could just look at his Twitter account and see. <laughs> okay, that, well, that's what I meant. Just I, Okay, I guess that's true, too. There's an actual way for me to check. Okay, yeah, I'll, that's I'll fair. give you the update on the next Family Feud. Well, I, 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 I forgot. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I guess on that note, it's time for us to wrap up the Family Feud podcast series finale. Thank for you to... Forever. 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 That's crazy. I remember Shotgun and I, we started it like after the Texas game in 2017, I believe. It was basically like I wanted us to talk without like having like a Ryan or a Dan or a Harvey, like kind of a youth pod, if you will, even though we're not so so youth anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so that's going to end it. Chris, thank you so much for your contributions. You're a member in our hearts forever. Um, and also, I just got to say, you guys are very lucky to have Chris and Shotgun. Chris works his butt off. He is so great at what he does. And Shotty, his brain, just like with the numbers and the charting, his whole thing is just being right. And obviously, if you listen to this <laughs> podcast, but also just like if he goes on a, a, a rant about Keaton Slovis, it's not because he has some like slant or he's in love with Keaton Slovis. He just really wants to tell the truth based on stats and everything like that. So these guys are great. You guys are in good hands with these two. That's all I got to say. You guys are great. Chris. Get rid of her now. <laughs> I, I wasn't really expecting her to say something nice about us in her final podcast. Yeah, of course, I got to. Typical Keely, making everyone else look better around her. (laughs) She's a distributor. She gets things done. I pass the ball around. Yeah, I only got on this podcast because he was like, I want to start this podcast. I was like, 
Well, it's your podcast. I'll show up and talk if you want. You know I can talk whenever. <laughs> yeah, it's your podcast, even though anything I've told you not to do, you've still done it. So it's debatable whether or not it was my podcast. Well, it's your podcast. I'm still just going to follow my own rules. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Typical <laughs> feuding brother status, for sure. Keely, we're going to miss you, but we hope to see you around. And uh, it's been great seeing you grow as much as you have as a reporter and a journalist. And now you're on the dark side. You won't actually be creating the scoops you will be uh putting out the propaganda a little bit oh my so. goodness it's already started it's already started <laughs> wow it's going in, going in. the death star is going to aim at you now shotgun i have control of the little laser beam so just watch out <laughs> it's okay i'm like a cat i jump around the lasers oh fun like lasers. <laughs> what'd you say about lasers chris don't don't cats like lasers though? they do yeah they try to jump on them but they never get it that's how i am constantly moving away from it they're not getting hit by it when you want to get hit by it, even. Okay. It's time to wrap it up. Chrissy T, can you play <laughs> play me off? Yes. Do you have uh, any handy? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's just been very he- hectic. Uh, Dan Nips has been blowing up the phone. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been hectic. It's been it's been crazy. Why why did Isaac Taylor Stewart not have a cheese it still? Oh. Oh, that's a g- excellent question. This is more that's not that's not our playoff music <laughs> damn it dan nips <laughs> this is like this is the normal one this is weird elevator music this one's too upbeat and jazzy <laughs> okay well, what's happening a, this is a fitting ending to the family feud podcast thank you guys so much for listening to it over the years we really enjoyed uh arguing for you guys not on purpose we're just very argumentative i panicked i can only find the college playoff <laughs> intro theme music okay hopefully, hopefully we hear some of that in the future for usc sure that makes sense hey if you guys want me on as a guest i'm sure i can finagle something if you guys ever want me back but you know you already said we can't uh... be friends <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, that's gonna wrap it up for the family view podcast that's shotgun that's chrissy t i'm keely we'll see y'all Around? (laughs) I was going to say next time, but I guess not. We'll see you all around. Peace. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+.